We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Well, Packer fans, sigh of relief. This is Pack a Day, of course. Packers win 33 to 30. And no, this is not uh, you turning your dials. My name is uh, Jake Turner. I am host of the Turning Points podcast. And also joining me is my fellow Pack a Day contributor. We've actually met for the first time tonight. His name is Daniel Kotnick. Daniel, how are you feeling after this game tonight? I'm exhausted. I feel exhausted. Yeah. It's and we're yeah. we're doing this. At midnight, and I mean the roller coaster of emotion that we just had to experience with this team once again. It 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 gets exhausting after a while. But man, when Aaron Rodgers can put a drive together like that to come from behind and win at home on Monday Night Football, it's really worth uh, trying to uh, you know getting an extra cup of coffee at work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and the good news is is that everybody will have this for morning coffee or during their lunch breaks, uh, listening to this Pack-A-Day podcast. But, yes, Packers win 33-30 to tonight. And, yes, you talk about Aaron Rodgers off the Kevin King interception. And the craziest thing about that is that was his first career interception. I mean, you got to be kidding me with this kid. I seriously feel like I should I should uh, send a letter to Ted Thompson saying, don't come 500 yards within Green Bay because an injury-riddled cornerback is finally gets his first interception and he's a good player I mean he really showed some stuff tonight but after that you talk about Aaron Rodgers 81 yard drive 
on this. They start at their own 10-yard line. It's his 14th fourth quarter comeback. It's his 21st game-winning drive. But we can all say this. After that 21-yard run, I felt like the Packers were going to pull this one out. Oh, for sure. When when that when he ran that ball, that was like uh, Steve Young running on fourth down, you know, uh, helmet off to to save the game. I mean, that's what it what it felt like. And once he once he ran, I'm like, yeah, okay, he he's gonna win this game. And I I really almost thought when they got down the the catch to Devonte Adams to put him within the ten yard line, and they cut to Aaron Rodgers and he held one finger up, six seconds left. I just instantly thought to myself, he's gonna throw a touchdown to win this game. Because that's exa- that's exactly the way things were going. Was he was on fire? He was in the zone, and it was just vintage classic Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers twenty five for forty six, four hundred twenty five yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He has only thrown one interception this season. I mean, that is that's crazy to think about and, right and now. Even that one, even that one, wasn't his fault. That was that was a, a weird bounce off of Jimmy Graham's hand. So. Yeah. Well, you talk about Jimmy Graham here, uh, his best performance. I mean, this is exactly why the Packers signed him to a three-year, $30 million deal, to, uh, five receptions, 104 yards. And when you saw Jimmy Graham pumping his fist and he was ready to go, that must have just made the defense go, hey, look what Jimmy Graham's doing right now because that defense finally came to life for the first time because – Daniel, 55 minutes of this game was absolute sloppiness. And then the last five minutes, the Packers scored 10 unanswered points. I mean, yeah, the energy from Jimmy Graham was the only energy I really saw out of this team. Outside mm-hmm. of the one person I, the other, I would say, too, is Blake Martinez for the defense. Mm-hmm. He was kind of the one person on that defensive side that I saw have any kind of energy and stick to I mean, he... Uh, you know, Blake Martinez keeping up. He has 12 tackles to lead uh, both teams again. He was really the only one on the defense, like I said, that looked like he had any reason or want to be out on the field tonight. And yeah, I think Jimmy Graham's performance tonight, I think helped spark the rest of that offense. I, I think that he is finally feeling himself in this, in this team. And it's really not in a role he it's it's funny you know we say that he kind of found himself here in this game and he's really not in that role that we expect him to be in you know we expect him to be like that big and the red zone threat and he hasn't really taken over that role but he's still contributing no he was uh, the master of the sideline passes uh you know Rodgers would look back off the left side and uh, did such a great job uh, finding Graham multiple times because that's the one thing about Aaron Rodgers that the national media loves about him is he is so meticulous and tricky with those throws because he just knows exactly where those mismatches were. If you look at it, he only threw towards Richard Sherman's side only a couple of times tonight. Otherwise, he was ransacking the rest of this 49ers secondary all night. It was just about trying to punch the ball in here because we talk about this again. This defense gave up 48 points in two halves again. I mean, the second game in a row, and, man, they looked horrible in the third quarter. But then the fourth quarter, like I said, I really felt like it was Jimmy Graham pumping his fist because then that's when the real Green Bay Packers finally rose up and got the win that we expect. I mean, this Niners team, Daniel, you got C.J. Beathard, you got – 
you know, an old man version of Richard Sherman. You got Matt Breida. Then I'm going to tell you about this guy, Raheem Mostert. Okay, before this game, when he had a majestic performance, and he had 11 yards until tonight. And I just... (laughs) He had quite a few more tonight. I just... It just boggles the mind because I'm talking. I was talking to my father before we came on air here tonight. I'm listening to Larry and McCarron. My dad is saying to himself, "If we lose this game, Jake McCarthy has to go." And I'm like, "I, I know. I, I really do feel like he does because we go back to this again. McCarthy was bailed out by Rodgers because there's seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, and driving down the field." Running the rock, Jamal Williams is unstoppable. Aaron Jones is unstoppable. Ty Montgomery, and then four straight passes, and my heart just sank. I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me with this inconsistent play calling once again. But then Packers found a way to pull it out and go three and two and one on the season. Well, as as we were kind of you know getting ready to to jump on this, I'm sitting here watching ESPN and Scott Van Pelt. You know, they're breaking down, you know, what we all just got to watch. And I think he put it perfectly where he said Aaron Rodgers is the light from Men in Black, where you completely (laughs) forget what happened before. Because and it's so right, though. Isn't it so right? I, I came into this expecting to just be talking completely about the the staleness of the team in general which i think is still stands that point still stands as yeah. you know as as great as this was there was absolute 55 minutes of of lethargy out of both sides of that defense but it's it's exactly right he just makes you kind of forget everything that happens it but it also shows to you the last 5 years of Ted Thompson was and this is exactly why the Packers brought in Brian Gutekust as the new general manager. And you can see with the guys that Brian has brought in right now, you can see this different change with them. But you still have that stench of Thompson and that staleness, as you talked about. It still feels like the one-man team. But what Andy Herman of Cheesehead TV talk, told me before we went on air, a lot of credit to Devontae Adams, 10 receptions, a buck 32, two touchdowns tonight. And then Mason Crosby. We we got to talk about Mason Crosby because everybody was trashing this guy. And, you know, they were saying, oh, this is why the Packers lost and everything. And I'm like, no, we lost because we were down 24 to nothing. And we were telling Rodgers, okay, go out there and win it for us. And Crosby tonight was same old Crosby to the point where Mike McCarthy at the end of the game, when, when Rodgers just threw it off the left side, killed the clock, and Crosby came out there, 27 yards. McCarthy took off his headset. Yes. Even before Crosby came out there. That shows how much trust that Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers and Ron Zook had in Mason in Crosby. And he looked just like himself tonight. And, you know, we, I mean, we talk about how much they put on Aaron Rodgers. I mean, really, if you think about it, mm-hmm. if Mason Crosby doesn't have the same kind of game or it has the same kind of game that he had in Detroit last week. This is almost a repeat of last week, you know, a a double digit loss to a team that you're probably better than, and you should be beating. And it took another four. uh, I I believe the final tally was four field goals from, from Mason today. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I mean that that's the that's the complete difference of the game right there is is Mason Crosby doing it again. So as much as they're relying on Aaron Rodgers, Mason Crosby has has been clutch, or I, I should say key in deciding games, whether it be like the Lions last week or this week. Can agree more. This is your uh, Pack a Day podcast here. Uh, post game for the Packers win tonight, thirty three to thirty over the San Francisco Forty ers Alongside Daniel Kotnick, I'm Jake Turner, and uh, we're just breaking down everything that happened here tonight. Uh, last five minutes of the game was quintessential Aaron Rodgers coming off a performance. I mean, twenty five for forty six, four hundred twenty five yards, two touchdowns, including a twenty one yard run in the last drive of the game. Started at the Green Bay 10 off the interception by Kevin King. 14th fourth quarter comeback, 21st game-winning drive for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it just says it all itself. And Mason Crosby tonight, 4 for 4. Uh, let's talk about the defense here tonight. Okay, so two sacks total. The only sack before Clay Matthews was Kenny Clark, and that was in the second quarter, I believe it was. But this actually, finally, John Perry and the referees finally kept their flags in their pocket when Aaron Rod, when Clay Matthews sacked C.J. Beathard. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I, I have to say this here, because I felt like the, John Perry and the referees did a horrible job again tonight. I got a question for you. Two rough-in-the-passer penalties should have been called on the Niners when they intentionally – Threw Rodgers down on the ground. And Perry's like, like I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Rodgers is like, you're calling out this penalty against my guys, but you're not calling it against ours. And it just felt very suspicious to me. They also looked very undisciplined. They looked lethargic at times here. But, I mean, yeah, Scott Van Pelt's not the best. The, the light uh, um, in Men in Black, the one where you forget everything. Yeah, I, I think you hit on a big key there. The the theme with this defense has been undisciplined. I, I mean, I how many times? I mean, the Clay Matthews penalties dubious at best at times, but still, you get the week one uh, roughing the passer penalty, which was very much warranted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the pass interference calls in the Washington Redskins game against Devon House, where he just made no you know, no effort at it whatsoever. And then now two weeks in a row, you have a young rookie in Morrison making two boneheaded unnecessary roughness penalties, or not unnecessary roughness, but uh, yeah. 15-yard penalties mm-hmm. in back-to-back games that come at very big moments. You know, in this one, I thought I thought that was a game-stealer almost. When that, that put the ball almost at the 50-yard line, and if not for, you know, really I think something else needs to be taken is Mike Shanahan falconing all over the field with his offense and, you know, passing the ball, saving time for Aaron Rodgers. If it's not for that, you know, that Morrison penalty looms much larger than it did. And it's been a it's been a marquee for this team this year. And I think it, I think when you talk about discipline, it goes back to head coaching again. Mm-hmm. And give a lot of credit to Kyle Shanahan. I mean, he was like his dad, Mike, tonight. He he really did a great job with his play yeah. calling, really using that monster. I mean, that'll be, that won't be the last time you see that monster kid run that ball like that. I think he looked really good. Matt Breida as well. But C.J. Beathard, you know, C.J. Beathard's a good backup quarterback, but he's not 
a legitimate starting quarterback here. And that was one of the most frustrating things here. But they give a lot of credit to the Niners tonight because, yeah, you're not as good. You're just not. And But they got the right guy still with Kyle Shanahan because I, I thought he had a very good game plan against this Packer team. But we got to talk about the secondary for a minute here. If I see Kentrell Bryce out against the Los Angeles Rams, I am filing a petition to Mark Murphy. This guy is awful. I mean, this guy has no idea how to play the safety position. And I'm saying this right now. I hope this bye week finally gets us to have Josh Jones back because Josh Jones is a versatile guy that is pretty much taken over from Morgan Burnett, who, by the way, hasn't even played one down with the Pittsburgh Steelers yet, I might add. Did you know that? I actually did. I knew that he's been hurt. I didn't know he hasn't played a single down yet. No, not since the preseason. I mean, he he just hasn't been there at all. And I mean, and that was one of their biggest losses. But Josh Jones, that's why they kept him. This is one of the things that Mike Penton wants to do with him. So get Josh Jones healthy. Get Brashard Breeland in there. And let's see if this Packer defense is a little bit better here. Because I'm telling you right now, this schedule, look, we can take the win and go, yay, three, two, and one. And we're sucking in the NFC North. One game behind the Chicago Bears. But still, I mean, we got, look, they got to go to L.A. So they got to take out Jared Goff and the potential MVP, Todd Gurley. But their defense isn't very good. So that could help the Packers. But they got to go to, they got to go to Foxborough and they got to play Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And then they got the Dolphins at Green Bay. And that won't be easy because we've seen what the Dolphins can do. At Seattle on Thursday night, one of the worst places to play in the NFL because of that 12th man, and then the Vikings again, and that skull chant, and Kirk Cousins. God. This isn't going to be easy. I mean, so if anybody thinks, they, oh, yeah, we got the win, yippee, and thinks, okay, we're back, those five games are going to mean so much here. And think about this, Daniel. What does the record have to be for the Packers in those five games, I, I mean, I've been thinking about it. I think you have to, you've got to hope that you at least get two wins out of that. Um, I, I have, I have absolutely no clue how you're going to beat the Rams. No one has been able to find a way, and I, I don't see how you have any chance in doing that. I think, you know, you you hope for the best against the Patriots on the road. I think that's a bit of a that can be a bit of a toss up if you have the right game plan. I think you can. I think you can go into Seattle and win. I think you have the ability to do that, and then you have to you pray that you can sneak out something in in Minnesota. I mean, that, that's where we're at now. Is you've got to hope for a you know a fifty fifty shot coming out of this stretch, and that's why a win today was so big because it gives you a little bit of leeway. Uh, you know, coming into a tough stretch like this, but it it definitely doesn't get any easier. I got to go with three wins because here's the thing. You either have to beat the Rams or you have to beat the Patriots. Now the Rams are undefeated. They're going to hit that hiccup. Could it be against the Packers? It's possible. If they could get one of those two wins right there, that's huge. Then they come back to Lambeau. They knock off the Dolphins. They go to Seattle. That won't be easy. It'll be a Thursday night game, but you said it yourself. Yeah, they do have a chance to beat them because Seattle is not what they used to be, 
but they're still pretty solid. And then the Vikings. You have to be able to find a way to avenge that overtime game and go into Minnesota and prove that you are the better team. They got to get at least three wins. And it all starts with either being the Rams or being the Patriots. One of those two games is going to help. But if they go in and they lose two straight on that, then they're pretty much looking up right now to the Bears and the Vikings. And the the thing with that, too, is those come after the bye week. And so there's no real time to kind of recoup or gather yourself after, you know, if, if there's a situation where you go 0 and 2 and after those, you have no time to recoup because it's all a quick turnaround. It's bang, 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 bang. And I'm, I'm thinking like this as well. I, I'll, I'll say, I don't think it will happen because it's just not what the Packers MO is. But if that bye week comes after the Patriots game, I think there's a much better chance that Mike McCarthy loses his job in the middle of the season than if it was right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, because the fact is is that he's a lame duck coach right now. That's why they gave him a one-year extension because this is one thing that a lot of people forget. NFL general managers always make it a goal to bring in their own guy because they want to be known as the guy that brought in this person. That's why Ron Wolf hired Mike Holmgren. That's why, you know, um, Ted Thompson brought in Mike McCarthy because see, they could pretty much hitch their wagon to that, you know, and you're going to see that with the Packers. You're going to. And I kept saying this at the Packers. I, I feel like it's a transitional year. I felt like getting 10 wins and getting to the wild card is not going to do it. He has to get the Packers to the Super Bowl or he is going to be Tony Dungy. He's going to be fired because the fact is, we're tired of it. I mean, the Packers have been a very good football team, but we have also known that this team can also be more smoke and mirrors sometimes. And the last couple of years, it has looked like that for the Packers. And you're absolutely right. If they lose to Miami, so let's say that they – so speculative right here. And I'm not a big fan of speculation, but I'm going to mm-hmm. do this one time. If let's say they lose two straight to the Rams and the Patriots, that hot seat is boiling hot. Dolphins is where McCarthy will get fired. And because you have to win at least one of those two games, beat Miami, and then try and knock off Seattle and Minnesota. If they are Owen, if they are one and four in that time or 0 and five, gone. He's gotta go. I, I would agree. And, you know, thinking about it, too, you might use that time period after the Seattle game since it's a, you know, it's a short week. You're playing on Thursday, so you almost have sort of a pseudo half bye week right there. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it just I don't I don't foresee it happening just because that's not how this organization ever seems to work. You know, the, they they're very conservative about, you know, not wanting to, uh, you know, rock the boat or anything like that in the middle of the season like this. But I I think, I mean, you've got to do something because I mean, as much as it, as much fun as it is to experience what Aaron Rodgers is able to do in the last five minutes of that game. And, and, and and if you're just looking as a fan and you can appreciate how great it is to watch a guy play like that, but there is no way that it should ever be coming down to that against a San Francisco team like that at home, on Monday night with the talent that you have. It just should not be there. 
No, because you look at the defense for the Niners, and the great point, Daniel, because I didn't even know who the heck was on this team. I heard this Sarkisky Tart or whatever. I know. <laughs> Brett Warner, uh, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead. I I know a couple of those guys, but I don't I don't really know much about them. I have Jimmy Ward. I'm like, who are these guys? Like, there was one that got hurt tonight. He had a concussion. Adrian Colbert, and he's a rookie. I mean, so pretty. You're, you're looking at this, and you're like, how are you losing to this team? I mean, it sounded. It sounds like a roster that you get in uh, those old NCAA football games where they just have to create the generate names, you know. So you get all these weird, you know, like names that you've never heard before. That's what it was like looking at the roster for the 49ers. and it, it it's funny to laugh at because it's all you can do it, to laugh that that this is the performance that you had against a team like that. I mean, it's great to get the win. It is always great to get the win. But man, it, they, these wins like this just get—they they lose their luster after a while. You know, it's gilded. There, there's, there's not much behind it anymore. Yeah, and I just love it how the national media is just like, oh, they just need to get healthy, and you know, they'll, they'll be fine. And it's like we've heard, we have seen this movie for the last five years, and I know right. that I'm being very repetitive here, but we have seen this movie for five years straight. Oh, yeah, they just got to get healthy and all that stuff. No, it's just Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Mason Crosby right now. That's pretty much all we've got right now. i got to give a lot of credit first off to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He has probably been the best rookie of all of them that Gutekas uh, drafted this year because this – I can't believe the numbers when I look at this kid. 103 yards – and he was making some really good catches across the way. But it's just this kind of thing here. And then once again, go back to that running game again. The running back by committee. You cannot win football games with a running back by committee. Once again, Aaron Jones, eight carries, 41 yards. Are you kidding me? It just doesn't make sense, Daniel. It really doesn't. Well, and only, and only really actually running the ball um... 18 times, you know, I I mean, you can't keep putting all of that on Aaron Rodgers, especially with the condition that he's in. I mean, you ran, you have Aaron Rodgers, throw 46 passes to 21 rushes. Three of them were Aaron Rodgers, Mm -hmm. you know, so really you had 18 designed runs compared to 46 passes. You can't sustain that. And also it, on top of that, if you're throwing 46 times, you should be scoring more than 33 points. It looked like they were on their way. There was 31 points scored in the first quarter alone. It was 17 to 14 at the end of the first quarter. And then after that, the 49ers came to life, and then they were holding them to field goals. But then I kept thinking to myself, I'm like, is this the last time we're going to see the Packers score a touchdown tonight? Because I, I didn't know what else to say about it. And then It felt that way. I mean, they scored – I mean, give them credit. They scored, you know, 10 unanswered points in the last five minutes. And I will always be happy with this because that illegal contact penalty on Richard Sherman, I looked at that and I went, oh, my goodness. They actually did a call that actually helped the Packers for once. You know, I love it how people say how they were bailed out. 
No, because that was a legal contact. He touched him before five yards. That's the rule. Um, but th- to be honest, though, it wasn't really the referees that were the biggest issue. I, I know that I said before then that they were awful. They've just been awful in the NFL, period. I mean, I, I just don't like the rough in the passer thing. But can, it, can you believe this? This is now the second primetime game in two days. And it's been a total of – and I believe that the final scores were – and I promise if I get my math incorrect on this, but I believe that the winning team of the Patriots and the Packers, 76 to the Chiefs and the Niners – 70. We are definitely in a new NFL, but I'm wondering to myself, are the Packers welcome to the party? That uh, That's a great point. You're not, I don't think Mike McCarthy is welcome to the party. The Packers <laughs> might be Aaron Rodgers and, and some of these other guys might be, but I mean, I, I saw, I saw Valdez Scantling today, a wide receiver with some really raw talent and speed speed kills in this league look at what the look at what the 49ers just did with Goodwin Goodwin, and look at what the Chiefs did yesterday I mean those the talents aren't incredible it's just the speed and putting them in the right place and that's something that Mike McCarthy has failed to do or figure out I mean it's a puzzle that he's just not been able to put together all right, so this is the uh, Pack-A-Day postgame. Packers win 33-30. Uh, to 30. They score a ton of unanswered points in the final five minutes of, of the game. I'm Jay Turner, alongside Daniel Kotnick. Uh, we're breaking it down here. We're getting you ready for the next five games because, oh, my goodness, it's, it's going to be rough. I mean, at Rams, at Patriots versus the Dolphins, at Seattle on Thursday Night Football, and then at the Vikings. And we know how tough U.S. Bank field is can be at that point here. Uh, tonight's stats, uh, 25 for 46, 425 yards, two touchdowns for Rodgers. Uh, as we mentioned before, the running game, only, you believe you said, 17 carries between Williams and Montgomery. 18 rushes, yeah. 19 rushes. Uh, and that's a problem. And I got to talk about this too. Um, the lack of pass rush before Clay Matthews got that sack tonight was very alarming because this is why Dom Capers got fired. And I'm kind of shocked here because Mike Patton, in his history, has never had a defense below a 12th. And now, even though the stats say something differently, I still feel like this is the same old story with the Packer defense right now. Well, I, I think it, I think tonight was a combination. The There was nobody getting home on any of those blitzes, so – you know, you had broken plays on the outside. And then, too, I think San Francisco and Mike Shanahan really game-planned well for that. They didn't let C.J. Beathard sit back there for very long. He was making quick passes, which is why I think you have to give props to Nick Perry as well, having three passes knocked down at the line of scrimmage like that, picking up that the rush isn't getting there to doing little quick hitters to get past our, you know, our, uh, our blitzing. And... I think it was just a combination of both, and if you're going to bring blitzes like that, they got to get home. And tonight, I don't, I don't know what if it, I don't know what it was, but on the, I, I saw no, no pressure whatsoever on CJ Beathard tonight. No, and Nick Perry, I don't know why they pay him because since he got paid, 
I, I don't really know what to, to say about him, except uh, he's been a complete bust since they signed him to that big money contract. I don't know what happened to Reggie Gilbert. Reggie Gilbert was playing like an undrafted kid, chip on his shoulder, dominating everything. Tonight he looked lost. And then Owen Burks, I don't know what to say. Where is that speed? Where is that ability that he did at Vanderbilt? And then Dean Lowry, you know, you're taking over for Muhammad Wilkerson and you continuously show you can't get any pressure off that right side. I mean, yeah, Joe Staley's a very good offensive tackle, but you got to be able to beat him a couple of times and at least 90% of the snaps was dominated by Staley once again. I mean, they looked like deck furniture out there, uh, pushed around wherever they wanted him to go. And, I mean, I've, I, it's been a while since I've seen holes like that open for running backs. I mean, it, it was every single time until about the third or fourth quarter when things kind of buckled down a little bit. I think it was a combination of defense stepping up a little, but also I think the 49ers kind of easing off the gas a little bit. Like I said, kind of falconing that Mike Shanahan offense up a little bit. Yeah, there's – there was so much promise for some of these young talents and I really haven't seen it show up yet. Well, I wouldn't be a bit surprised, Daniel, when um, probably Mike Shanahan sends a text message to his son, Kyle, uh, the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. And the, yeah, that's the thing too, is that, you know, that's a team that is, doesn't have an identity right now. Doesn't know what they are right now because they don't have Jimmy Garoppolo. And for the, the Packers to keep these guys in it and, you know, have to score 10 unanswered points. It leaves you with a lot of questions. So tonight, yeah, folks, enjoy the win. But at the same time, realize we don't know who the true Packers team is quite yet here in 2018. Um, so as we wrap up this post game here, uh, final thoughts, Daniel, go ahead. Uh, well, I think you, you kind of summed up there. Enjoy this win for what it is. Enjoy these Aaron Rodgers moments because, you know, in a few years we're going to look back and they're only going to be memories, you know, so en- enjoy the moments while you can have them here, but temper your expectations for the, the season yeah. moving forward, I think, okay. and, and look for hopefully a new, a new Packer setup next year I, I i know it's early to look start looking to next year but i i mean this this isn't your future this this is purgatory right now so you know this, enjoy the moments while you can this is just like what is happening right now in college football with the wisconsin badgers they're in a transitional year they you know have two four-star recruits at quarterback ready to go after horny brook calls it a career and then you know, and we've seen that also with the Packers in the NFL this, this year. It just doesn't feel like a team that can win 10 games this year. And if they do, then it's a great miracle. But like I said, I think Mike McCarthy is going to lose his job unless he gets to the Super Bowl. Otherwise, he'll be he'll be just like Tony Dungy and Jim Mora, and he will be fired. But, uh, yeah, we enjoy the win tonight. Have a beer. Go out to Stadium View right now. <laughs> go to, go see if uh, Crows is still open with those butter burgers, and just have a great time with your Packer family here, just like we had here on our Packer Day podcast here. So, Daniel, this was a lot of fun, man. Uh, yeah. I hope we're able to work together again. Uh, you got a lot of great knowledge, and I appreciate it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. There, there there's a, some great energy, and I think this was a lot of fun to do after a uh, a post game like this too. It was a good time. 
So the Packers win 33-30. to And uh, for Daniel Kotnick, I'm Jake Turner. Uh, don't forget, this will be with you for morning coffee. Take a lunch break and just listen to some great, passionate Packer fans breaking it down for you. Lynn, because I think we really pretty much went deep under the surface with this. Or as Axel Foley said in Belly House Cop 2, deep, 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 deep undercover. Uh, for Daniel Kotnick, I'm Jake Turner. This has been your 24-7, 365 a year Packer podcast. Final score from Lambeau Field. The Green Bay Packers, 33 and the San Francisco 49ers, 30. They go to 3-2-1, and one, and they are now tied for second with the Minnesota Vikings. So we'll find out what happens after the bye week. Until then, the three best words in the NFL always stand. Go Pack Go. We'll see you next time on the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Graham wide to the right side. Slots it up to the left. Adams and Scantling to the left side. St. Brown on the slot of the right. Snap to Rodgers. Takes the handoff, throws the left side of the end zone, wide open, Valdez, Gantling, touchdown. And Rodgers signals to the sidelines, go for two. Power eye formation for Green Bay. Rodgers under center. And the fake to Jones, Rodgers throws right side. He's got Kendrick tumbling into the end zone for the touchdown. One yard touchdown pass to Lance Kendrick's. Snap to Rodgers, looking around on second down. Throws the left side of the end zone. He's got Devontae. Touchdown. Devontae Adams, 12-yard touchdown reception. Packers jump back in it. It is 31-20. Rodgers takes the snap. Pump fakes left. Goes long, left side, in the seam. He's got St. Brown circle roots outside the numbers 40, 45, 50. Down the left sidelines, accelerating to the 30, and then pulled down from behind, inside the 25, at the Detroit 23-yard line. Wow, what a play that was by the rookie. My goodness, 60-yard pass play.